The UEFA Champions League is back with four round of 16 first leg games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Manchester City became the only team to secure an easy win after beating Sporting CP 5 to nothing. The rest three, Bayern Munich got lucky for not losing to Red Bull Salzburg. Liverpool's 2-0 win over Inter Milan was not as convincing as it seemed. PSG almost missed a home win over Real Madrid after Lionel Messi missed that penalty kick. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be here. Yeah. So I feel bad for Sporting CP, but let's get it done real quick because there's really not nothing to talk about. It's yeah. Just、uh, did, like there's no resistance at all. Right. Exactly. Like I'll be honest. When, when these games were on, I watched three. This is the one I didn't because、mm-hmm. I was watching the Real Madrid game, and they were doing the live scores、yeah. throughout. And、uh, when you see one nil, sixteenth minute, seventeenth minute, then the two nil, three nil, and it gets to five, it's one of those things where, you know, on one hand it's understandable based on the size of the clubs because Manchester City is the biggest in the world, definitely.、Uh, Sporting CP is not, but at the same time you do have to wonder if this is right for the competition because I mean the rest of the games they were fairly equal, fairly tense, so perhaps this is just an outlier.、Mm-hmm. But having the Champions of Portugal be so easily manhandled. Like, I did watch the game, but I watched the highlights, and there was nothing coming the other way.、No. This was one-way traffic for ninety minutes,、yeah. and it's a sign that yes, Manchester City are great, but if the champions of Portugal、yeah. are falling apart like this, maybe they should change a new champion. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean that's all for that, and then Liverpool and Inter Milan. I, honestly, I used to. I mean, I used to be a huge fan of Inter. I,、mm-hmm. I'm still supporting them,、yeah. but I never thought they could, you know, win over Liverpool.、Mm. But the process was kind of interesting because、yeah. although they allowed two goals without getting one, they the competition was actually pretty tight. Right. It's one of those things where, like you say, on paper you read two nil loss.、Mm-hmm. That's quite. That's quite alarm. But in terms of like chances, like. I believe at the end it was two shots on target, two goals for Liverpool. What will be forgotten is like Hakan Chalhanoglu had that shot that bounced、yeah. off the inside of the bar. Even Perisic had that shot that went right over the top.、Um, Eden Dzeko had that goal that was just offside. Exactly. So throughout the game, they were challenging. It's the one weakness that Inter have had all season. They're so bad at defending in the box.、Mm-hmm. The first goal that went in,、uh, the Firmino goal. Was、uh, from a corner, which that's fine. It's a set piece. It's a kind of bit of a specialist thing. The Salah goal, it wasn't a set piece, but you could see by the way、uh, Inter were defending that they were just like clogging up the box with、mm-hmm. nothing really to do. And Salah is such like he's such on form at this at this point in time. He is so good at just finding those shots that as soon as the ball landed at his feet, he just knew where to put it. Yeah, and you had guys like、uh, Devry and、uh, Skirnar like.、Mm. Just kind of standing completely still,、mm-hmm. as if their bodies being in the way would be enough. When it's it's really not. No. So it's one thing to see what the weakness is for Milan and see how it was exploited eventually at the end of the game. I mean, I want to say those those goals didn't arrive till beyond the seventieth, seventy fifth minute. Going the other way, like I understand Liverpool's whole thing is like control chaos.、Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if they're up against a team that's a little bit faster, a little bit more clinical. You know,、um, let's say PSG, for example, not the best side, but they have the fastest guy in Mbappe.、Yeah. If Liverpool play that way against them, for example, if they get through to the next round and face each other, 
there seems to be a bit too many weaknesses there at the back. What they did now is not good enough for, right. to ensure victory over PSG. Right. So I feel like at the moment they will have done enough to get the to go through two nil. I don't think when they get to Anfield, you know, Anfield's a kind of magical place. Yeah. They always talk about it. I can't see Inter doing anything that will upset things. But I do worry about later stages in the tournament. That's true. I think this game also said a lot about the difference or the gap between Serie A. Don't get me wrong. It's still yeah. one of the major top five major leagues. But Premier League is always there. I mean, either number one or number two. There is a reason why the top scorers in that league are guys like Ed and Dzeko, are guys like Olivier Giroud. Who actually retire, retired yeah. from Premier I mean, League. Zlatan is still there. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's definitely a less physical league and you can see that when they're playing as the Premier League sides mm -hmm. that's the thing that they really struggle to deal with yeah and the thing is because you mentioned that uh, Inter Milan has been doing so bad about protecting their box mm -hmm. as an Italian club I know they have a lot of international players but yeah. this is your basis of the game this is the style of the league well, of the nation well the thing that's very interesting is in Serie A they're the current league leaders and, mm -hmm. it's and you look at the scores I mean not the scores the goals for goals against yeah I believe they're either one or two behind Napoli for least goals conceded. Mm -hmm. However, you look at how those goals were conceded, it's all set pieces, or most yeah. of them are. So they know that's the thing which frustrates me the most in the sense of, okay, if you're not used to playing a physical league, that's something that when you have to face someone like Liverpool, it's hard to deal with. But when you know what your weakness is, and, and you're you shipping you those didn't goals, do anything. Yeah, and yeah. you're shipping those goals regularly you have to get that in line because that's going to be their Achilles heel, not just in the Champions League, but, you know, in Serie A as well. That's true. And that's why they're not they're not, not leading at a very safe lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the uh, not so convincing, but still a good win for Liverpool. Absolutely. For Bayern Munich, but which we both support, yes. it's a very ugly game. I mean, if yeah. it weren't for that header assist of Müller and mm -hmm. that goal for Coleman, yeah. we, we could have lost yeah. Yeah. Right to in the Salzburg. As well. But yeah. that's not acceptable. This is one of those games where, you know, there was that loss last week against the Bochum. Oh, yeah. And it's really a sign that Nagelsmann, he's not... Because the thing is with Bayern is when they lose games, it's often their own weaknesses mm -hmm. that have come through. And you could see in this that basically Bochum set the template and RB Salzburg followed it because they have this three-at-the-back system where they're Luke Hernandez, Nicolas Sula, and Benjamin Pavard. Yeah. And they play so high up the pitch, particularly with Hernandez and Pavard as like basically full wing-backs, mm -hmm. that you, you're relying on one guy, which is Nicolas Sula. And Sula mm. is, he's big, he's strong, but he's not fast. No. So they just knew that they had basically, if they could get the ball to the halfway line, bit of pace, a bit of effort, you will be in plenty of free space. The amount of times where Bayern were pressing high, then immediately had to switch back. And you could see everyone just sprinting, like bodies getting back. You can really see there's a weakness there, which uh, Salzburg exploited. And, you know, uh, Adamu's goal it was entirely because he had the space to run into and just catch it on the half volley. Mm -hmm. um, and then going forward, you know, they have this system, the 3-4-1-2, which is absolutely fine when you're playing it in the Hansi Flick style of it's constant pressure, constant press. But we're in this position now where you kind of look at that midfield as like Kingsley Coman, Leroy Sane, Serge Gnabry. It's a lot of wingers just kind of floating around the middle. 
And if they can't get the servers up to Lewandowski or Muller, nothing's really going on. The whole on. thing is unconnected. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's one of those situations where, you know, absolutely fair play to Salzburg. They took their shot and reasonably they probably should have won the game. Mm-hmm. But you do look at this Bayern side and you can see exactly where the flaws are. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do because Sula's leaving at the yeah, end of the season. Mm-hmm. They don't have Alaba anymore. No. They don't have Boateng anymore. So their whole game plan, which has carried over from basically the Yopankas days, if not earlier, of you start at the back and you press forward. Yeah. They don't have anyone to do that. No. So I'm kind of worried. I'm sure they'll get through this when they get to the next round. I believe the next round's at home in the Allianz Arena. Mm-hmm. There should be no problem. There's always a buy-in wobble. There's always this part in the season, be it Champions League, Bundesliga, Pokal, whatever, where they're kind of so used to winning that when they get pressured, they don't know how to deal with it, and you give them two or three games, they get back into it. If they can get that fixed by the quarterfinals, then that's fine. But if they still play like this, with three at the back, way too high, relying on Nicolas Sula as the last line of defence, particularly now um, uh, Ulreich is there because... Mm -hmm. Neuer is out. How long is he out, do you know, for? Um, Cause not I, sure. Because I know he described it as basically being, he isn't injured yet, yeah. but if he didn't get this surgery, he would be. So it's kind of a voluntary leave. Mm. So I'm sure I read, let's say, maybe four to six weeks. Wow. So I think the expectation is they expect him to be back for the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. and they should make it, but they've left it way too close with this. That's true. And this kind of reminded me of what happened to Bayern, do you, um, say... 14 years ago, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, around 2008 and 9. The thing is that back then, Bayern had very clear flaws. Mm -hmm. They could some some kind of uh, covered it or shadowed it in the Bundesliga. But that didn't mean they didn't suffer painful losses. While in the Champions League, sure, you get to quarterfinals or even semifinals when you are playing against teams that are fast in the two rings that can make your backs really uncomfortable. And we have a lot of them in today's Champions League. We yeah. have PSG, we have Real. If they win, mm-hmm. Vanishes is a very dangerous weapon there. Yeah. Chelsea, well, maybe not Chelsea, but Man City, their ball movement is always fast. And Liverpool. Yeah. So these right. dynamic offense can make Bayern's defense line look like a very thin piece of paper. I, I mean, and that's that is what it. Like, now me. you mention it, I feel like their worst matchup could be Liverpool because yeah. you have so many guys who are fast, so many guys who are designed to just break through that high line that if they don't cement their defense, don't get the pressure sorted, they would end up on a route, I suspect. That's true, yeah. So the last one, which is, I think, the best, PSG and Real. I'm not surprised yeah. that PSG won, mm. although uh, after Lionel Messi missed that penalty yeah, kick. Right. What it really impressed me is that PSG finally played like a strong team, a mm-hmm. powerhouse. Because yeah. remember, they uh, knocked out Bayern. Mm-hmm. They knocked out Barcelona yeah. with a very big score, 4 to nothing, 3 to nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the possession rate, they're always the th- one that gave the ball out. Yeah. We focus on counter-strike instead mm-hmm. of controlling, but they that's what they did. They controlled the ball, they controlled the field against Real. Right. A thing that was really, really noticeable is for a significant portion of this game, I don't want to go as saying like half-half, but like let's say at least 20, 25 minutes of each half, mm-hmm. they had Real like boxed in. Yeah. Like so much of it, like I'd have to see the heat map and like the pressure and things but they were so far down the pitch and Real just couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And you had like Mbappe on one side, Di Maria on the other, then like Verratti and Pereira in the middle. It was like a, basically a complete semicircle of guys who are 
quick, good with the ball. If they're not getting it in on the left, they'll just quickly switch it around, yeah. get around the right. For a lot of this, Madrid had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we mentioned like Vinicius, you know, fantastically quick player. But you're starting like Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro in mm. the middle. Like, there's a reason why they got outrun by so much. There's a reason why they took them so much effort to get the ball off the pitch. And this is a bit of an issue now with both Barcelona and Real Madrid. They have so many old players that it isn't the case of you have, like, your veterans, then the ones in their prime, then the rookies coming in. It's like veterans, rookies, and no one in between. No. And that that gap in terms of pace being... In terms of pace, in terms of ball control, in terms of things like that, it's really starting to show. Mm-hmm. And, well, to be fair, PSG did control it, but the fact it came down to, like, what, the 94th minute mm-hmm. kind of shows their limitations in terms of attack because yeah. while I'm praising them for boxing them in, they couldn't really do anything with it because they are so focused on Mbappe on one side, Di Maria stepping in on the other side for Neymar, who didn't come in until much later on, that you can basically figure out okay, once they get into that final third, once they get to the box, mm-hmm. you kind of know what they're going to do. They're too predictable. Yeah, yeah, and that's become their issue. Um, you touched on it earlier, the Messi penalty miss. Mm. Like, that guy's career at the moment, like, it's one of those things where for a long time, basically since Pep left Barcelona, the questions have been like, okay, if this guy is the best... Why is he not winning Champions Leagues? Why is he winning the World Cup? Right. Why is why is basically his his legend outpacing his actual legacy? Mm-hmm. So now he's gone to PSG, where you automatically think, okay, he's gone from one of the two biggest teams in the league to being the biggest team in the league. Mm-hmm. He's struggling for goals. Yeah. And they clearly place him in positions like this to get the goals, to get the highlights to just get the confidence of being on the score sheet and he's fumbling at every turn. Mm-hmm. The goal the save by Thibaut Courtois very simple. Yeah. Like it wasn't a very convincing penalty at mm-hmm. all. You know, I, I was there a two-year contract Messi signed. Yeah. I would be amazed based on this now. You know, they are more of a brand than a club. I've been saying that all along. The Messi brand will have made them a lot of money this season. But if they don't win the Champions League, if he continues in this form, are you going to want a messy PSG jersey? Mm. I really don't think so. So unless he really cracks this and figures it out, I don't see him staying beyond this. Two, yeah. two and years. the fact that PSG with the, let's say big three, it's mm-hmm. more like a basketball term, yep. of Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, who is leaving maybe, mm-hmm. have problems scoring. That yeah. says something definitely went wrong. In at least one of them, I th- I, now I'm gonna say all of them. Yeah, one is leaving, one is messy, the other is always injured. So yeah, yeah. you know, just to quickly change topics, we I th- we touched on this after we recorded the last podcast when I was reading ESPN mm-hmm. and they had an article on uh, Neymar turning thirty, and you always think of him as being the next big thing, as the guy who, oh okay, and uh, um. At Barcelona, it's it's Suarez, Messi, and yeah. Neymar. When they move on, Neymar's going to be the guy. Didn't happen. He moved to PSG. It's him and Mbappe. When Mbappe goes, Neymar will be the guy. He's been like, basically his entire career, if I look back on it now, has been potential. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this season. It'll be next season. Oh, he's injured. When he comes back, he's going to be the star player. 
Partly I blame the fact that the longevity of both Messi and Ronaldo has kept him on the second level. Yeah. But he could have easily usurped them had he played to his potential. And That's true. I really do think we're going to look back on his time with a lot of regrets. Mm-hmm. And this performance, yes, he did come on late. He still didn't do anything. No. Yeah. Um, if Mbappe does go and they're going to be reliant on him, it's not going to be pretty. Especially if he's still got to play alongside Messi. If he's still uh, relying on basically just being fast. Because to be fair, he does still have a lot of pace for a 30-year-old player. But you know what he's going to do. He's going to just That's run a straight line yeah. when he gets the ball. So far, I didn't see him catching all his talents and yeah. far away from meeting people's expectations on right. him. Yeah. So, like I said, I have a real strong feeling that unless there's a, a big turnaround and a quick turnaround too, he's going to be looked back on as like one of the biggest busts in Could be. football history. Yeah. So, last question. Of four, so far, of all the four games, based mm-hmm. on their results, did any team show any potential to be the final champions of the league. So I think that basically Manchester City, even mm-hmm. though, yes, of, they're the biggest team, sporting at the smallest, the confidence they played, the just unshakability, the constant aggression they showed, I think this is almost a marker for what they're going to be. And I highly suspect it's going to be another final with them. And I don't know who'll be on the other side. I'll be able to give you a better reading after next week's game so we get the other side of the 16 but I really do think that in terms of just like completeness on the pitch it's going to be City versus someone in the final that's true I agree I think that's all for today thank Mm -hmm. you for listening hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week see ya speak to you then